lose everyone. I'm back, baby. It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great. Everybody else sucks. Oh, huh. oh no. It's every nightmare I've ever had. Excuse me. It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? But, but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. Game on, everybody. It is All In Sports. Jake Seeley, your host uh, at All In Kid. You probably know that. Uh, if you're smart enough, you also know who my guest is today. Because I've told you time and again, I actually had him on recently with his cohort of his wonderful show in this league and the myriad of things going on. But I'll let you guys hear that from him, his voice and his wonderfulness by himself it's at bogman sports but before we get to him real quick uh reminder the athletic fantasy sports <laughs> draft kit is out uh it's been out the i just updated the ranks for you guys so if you have a draft this week and go over there bottom of any article you pick choose the rankings uh you can go down there and get a discount off your first year it's a very very nice and wonderfully large discount so make sure you take advantage of that because it's not gonna be around forever uh, but if again at Bogman Sports and Scott, who you heard just laugh in the background as I tripped over the very beginning of my damn show, uh, it, you tell everybody in this league, you, you, you were the one to tell me before you even came on. You did like 1,700 podcasts today. Uh, <laughs> what's all the wonderfulness that you have out there? Hey, look, I, I did a lot of work today, and my day is still way better than Tom Brenneman's. So that's oh. nice. But, uh, you know, uh, you can check us out at Patreon, uh, our Patreon, patreon.com slash army where we have all kinds of stuff going for you. We do football, we do basketball, we do baseball. I do college football, the Welsh's Prospect One, which is all minor league baseball rankings. I've got uh, you know our football rankings up there. I do IDP as well, and Dynasty are on that list. I wrote up IDP for the Fantasy Black Book as well. Uh, I do two live streams a week. The Welsh and I do secret shows. We've got mock drafts. We've got group me rooms for everybody, so... We're having a lot of fun, and today I recorded, um, what did I start with? I started with baseball, and then we recorded a football show, and then I did two college football shows, and now I'm doing your show. So uh, <laughs> lots and lots of recording. I'm probably going to need some cough drops uh, pretty soon here on these Wednesdays as they are getting uh, convoluted. <laughs> and uh, very, very bunched up. But like I said, still having a much better day than Tom Bredeman. So I mean, you can sleep good. in tomorrow. Uh, nope. Got to get up and do radio stuff tomorrow, so. And you can yeah. sleep in the day after that. Yes, I can. All day. <laughs> All Friday. We'll be Some, one of those days somewhere in there you can sleep in. Uh, I will say this, too, for everybody that doesn't know, if you want to pay attention to Scott, we've had disagreements on both of our shows before. And look, hey, I'll admit when I'm not always right, and we had an argument last year about Dexter Williams. And so far hmm. to date, you, uh, uh, Scott is correct. I am not. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought Dexter Williams would take over Jamal Williams' role. And, I mean, there was factors in there but it didn't look good from day one and it never happened you really kudos scott i i know i got you on some things i know you got me on some things but i'll even admit because i don't know if everybody heard that show i will admit that you were right on dexter williams i still like my whole plan because he was doing cameo at that point and i just completely forgot to do it but i was gonna pay to have him do a cameo where he was telling you that you have to listen to me about how good he's gonna be <laughs> yeah. and uh i decided not to do it and i don't know if he's even is he famous enough to still be on cameo i don't know so uh, it's it's possible is I mean, he still I, on what, the packers is he still on the roster yeah he's, he's still there for now okay 
I mean, well, they, I say for now, Dylan won't push him off the roster or anything. He'll be fine. Right. I said, the only thing that might change that is like, it's similar to Jalen Samuel's situation is if it's not for the fact that COVID this year, some of these running backs might make rosters where they normally wouldn't, but we're not going to talk about that today. I I do want to talk about a running back right off the top though. Uh, So Miles Sanders today, well, yesterday when this podcast comes out, because it's coming out first thing Thursday morning and we're recording Wednesday nights, peek behind the curtains, Miles Sanders Wednesday. The report is that he's week to week, not day to day, like the rest of the team. It seems like half the team is day to day, but he's week to week. They also said there's no concern. He's ready for week one. This is just to make sure everybody's 100% healthy. Scott, your opinion, because I did adjust him barely. Like I want to say in my projections, when I updated the rankings, it was like a 2.5% hit. And it just moved him from in front of Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Kenyon Drake and Nick Chubb to right behind him. But I mean, we're talking over the full season, maybe not even 10 points. So I've dinged him slightly just for the safety of it. But if you don't want to move him at all, I wouldn't even blame you for it because we still have three weeks to go. You know, I think it actually impacts Boston Scott more than it impacts Miles Sanders, right? Like I think before with Dalvin Cook possibly wanting to uh, hold out, which he said, oh, I never plan on that. Okay. Yeah. No one believes you, by the way. So, uh, but I think Alexander Madison was probably the number one handcuff, which, you know, I, I think most people don't really like handcuffing and I'm not one that, that likes it because that ter- it turns into conditional drafting. Like, okay, I drafted Dalvin Cook, but now at some point I got to spend some money on Alexander Madison, right? Or I got to spend some uh, draft pick on Alexander Madison to make sure I have the backup in case something goes haywire. I think Boston Scott is always, he's already a decent option by himself. I think this bumps him up a little bit more because people that draft Sanders are going to want to have Boston Scott because just before he had this injury, um, they said, yeah, we're not going to go try. You know, there were rumors about them potentially going to get Freeman or someone else, you know, in free agency. And they kind of, they kind of put that one to bed two days ago, and then Miles Sanders comes up lame. So I think it actually affects Boston Scott more than it does Miles Sanders because if I do draft Sanders now, I'm going to have my eye on Boston Scott to maybe handcuff a little bit early. Like I said, not necessarily something I like to do, but sometimes it is something that is necessary. So Yeah, I don't think uh, Boston Scott, and I'm, I'm sure you're, you're not saying it either, although you can come back and tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Boston Scott stepping into the workload that Sanders has, if Sanders was actually completely out, I think they would mix in Corey Clement because Scott's just not built for it. Uh, but I'm assuming that's what you say, but when you do say, if that is what you would say, with a lot of saying in there. Uh, I'm also going to take a quick victory lap because if you're following my rankings, Boston Scott didn't really move because I was telling you to draft Boston Scott as a solid PPR RB3 already. I already have him, yeah, and that's the Welsh and I went over that. Uh, you know, just Alexander Madison versus Boston Scott and where they're going and all that stuff. And uh, I've got Scott ahead of Madison, especially in PPR. And so, uh, and, and I think Boston Scott had more touches in the last month of the season than Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders way more productive, of course, scoring touchdowns and catching passes and things like that. But Boston Scott was pretty good uh, in that last month as well. So these guys can absolutely coexist. I I do think that his touches will bump up a little bit should something happen to Miles Sanders, which makes him, you know, even more valuable than a wide receiver uh, or a running back three. He could be a running back two in that scenario. Uh, but you know, if he has been falling, because I think we looked at NFFC data and he was going, as like the 46th running back. That's probably too low, even before this injury, like you just right. mentioned. 
So uh, I, I like Boston's got to bump up a little more, as he should be on most people's radars anyway. So I'm with you. Should, should be. Of course, should be. If, if you're listening to it, isn't on everyone's but uh, intelligent be. people like her. So let's uh, let's continue with running backs here, <laughs> and we already knew about the Darius Gaius news, but like, look, hey, actually, you know what? Pause, Scott. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you an overall question. Now we're not talking about players specifically, just an overall. I put out a tweet two days ago. I think it's on Tuesday. Yeah, because it I wasn't Monday. It. You tweet? I, I've never seen. It. <laughs> and I said. Here's everybody from June 1st till August 14th. Don't pay too much attention to the preseason. Don't overrate training camp. Don't overrate practices. Don't overrate these little clips that we see. (laughs) And then August 15th, I put in all caps, oh my God, did you see who's running with the ones? And we do it every single year. And I'm not saying we, I say like just football fans. And I understand people are excited football is back and it feels different this year because there is no preseason. And this is all we have to go off of. And sports has been so weird this year. But at the same time, let me ask you the theory question overall. Scott Bogman, what can you see in the preseason that would actually change or alter your opinion on anyone? Not injury related. Or is Um, there, is there anything? I mean, maybe like a super, super impressive performance, but I, I'm, you know, like Saquon breaking out on his first touch in, in New York was kind of fun to see because he was playing against ones and with ones at that point. That All right, well, then of, let me give you one. Okay. Sam Darnold and his miraculous passes to Chris Herndon and Brashad Perriman. Yeah, look, I really like Sam Darnold. I, I still think he's good. I think he doesn't have the greatest, you know, core around him obviously so uh but he was seven and six last year so i i like sam Darnold going in so the preseason didn't i don't remember sam Darnold's preseason at all and i'm and to be honest i'm struggling to think of a preseason outside of victor cruz who made me and the only reason victor cruz changed is because he went on the radar where he was not on the radar at all he was a wide receiver wearing a single digit in preseason. Everyone thought he was going to get cut. They had a couple amazing games, and I think the Giants might have been on hard knocks then too. Or they they, 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 they were a bit on hard knocks. Okay, then they played someone that was on hard knocks in the preseason, and it was, you know, Victor Cruz was all over the hard knocks thing. If I'm remembering that, maybe I'm not. No, he, he, he had like three touchdowns in the one preseason game or something ridiculous. It was, yeah, 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 he just he looked crazy. So it just put him on on a radar. Uh, the only other preseason game that I can or preseason performance that I can remember really impacting my thought process on someone was Jeremy Shockey. Remember Jeremy Shockey's first preseason game where he was just running over dudes. But that was before I was you know uh, knee deep in college highlights and all. That I thought stuff you were going to say in high school. So. <laughs> uh, that was right after high school for me. Yeah. Oh, there, there you go. I wasn't that far off, and I was kind of joking right there. So, <laughs> all right. So then let's let's look at one. That's where I was originally going to go. Is the Darius Geis news that backfield is apparently kind of a cluster right now because the one day it's Antonio Gibson who looks like Christian McCaffrey. The next day it's Adrian Peterson is going to lead the way. The next day today, well, yesterday is now Bryce love looks amazing. Was the first one to get the touches when Adrian Peterson is out, who also looks like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so, you know, between Christian, what McGibson and Christian McLove, uh, who do you like here? Oh. Um, I like Adrian Peterson <laughs> out, out of all, all three of the backs. I mean, look, Nick Peterson, uh, look, P- Peterson 
has carried the load before, right? He's done it before. Uh, Bryce Love is coming off two major knee injuries. And Antonio Gibson, you know, we talked about this with Andy Barons over on the ITL pod the other day, which uh, shout out to Jake Seeley for uh, pairing us up in the Flex League with Andy <laughs> Barons. So uh, I actually had his email address. He couldn't have been a nicer guy, by the way. But, uh, you know, he said, hey, look, you know, uh, Antonio Gibson had 30-something carries in college last year. He was more a wide receiver than he was a running back. And the coaches have already mentioned in Washington that it's going to take a little bit for him to learn, you know, blocking on passing downs and all that kind of stuff too. And just running routes out of the backfield, you know, because when they want him to catch the ball, they usually line him up as a wide out. So uh, I think there's a big learning curve for Gibson coming, although I do love his, his game and his raw talent is awesome. So if there's someone that can put it together, it would be him, but I think it's going to be, messy and i peterson is my guy he's the vet there out of all of those players and i'm a texas fan giving the oklahoma guy compliments here so that's where we're at uh yeah i'm actually going to continue to go with the cheapest well i mean it used to be <laughs> well, no it used to be like i had a lot of guys i had a ton uh, of i had being... i love guys yeah as far as talent goes obviously not as a human being but uh as <laughs> right. far as talent goes i thought he was just a shade behind Fournette, as far as talent goes at LSU. Oh, see, I thought it was a shade above. Okay, and that's fair, too. He was good. Like, yeah. he was definitely – he's a kid that you see in high school and you go, that's an NFL player. You yeah. Know? Like so, everybody knew. And, and that's what I was going to say here is that now um, I do have – I have some Gibson where I did draft Geis already, but that was when he was going cheap. Now at Gibson's price, I'm going to have a lot of love because you'll yeah. remember this as somebody watches college. If, if love would have came out before his last season, there were people who were saying he was deserving of the first-round pick. And now – we can debate whether or not he was worth the first round. That Put that aside. The point was he was in that conversation for people. If he's anything what he used to be, right? I, th I think he could. But I'm with you more in the fact that the reason I am in on love is because he's the cheapest option because I feel like what you said is the biggest tell here is this: it's going to be a mess. Like it, yeah. Probably Adrian Peterson for the first couple weeks, then Gibson or Love takes over, or just it's going to be all three of them for the entire season. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from last year is kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah, and you know, I, I like uh, uh, I, I like our guy Bryce Love a bunch too. But you just never know, like you said, because he's cheap. Uh, I, I would take him, and I think he is going to be this just the straight backup to Adrian Peterson. I think you know Gibson will get sprinkled in, right? And uh, you know Peterson will take the majority of the carries. Gibson will get sprinkled in, but Love will be the straight backup. And I'm just looking at him. Yeah, looking at this 2017 year. Uh, 263 carries, 2,118 yards, 19 scores, only six catches. That was a knock on him, uh, was only six catches, although he did catch 20 catches uh, in 2018. So he improved on that his senior year, but he was also banged up for the majority of the year, only played in 10 games and uh, didn't play at all last season in his rookie year because of his knee injury. So he's just dicey, but he is the cheapest option, which sometimes is the best option in those messy situations. So I'm, I'm with you on that. We're going to go to your team. And okay. no, we're not talking about Ben Roethlisberger and how amazing he looks. And like, look, look, we knew Ben Roethlisberger was Ben Roethlisberger if he was healthy. Like, that's not the question here. Matt Capley said he's short-arming some balls. So. And the next day, what today, later this afternoon, uh, he was hitting everything. Like, yeah. it's, oh, you remember Darrington Evans three days ago was fumbling everything. And the next day, he's getting all the carries. He looks great. I mean, like, yeah, it, this is, and, and this is, uh, and this is something that we talk about on ITL a bunch is trying to, is trying to suss out what is actually important 
in the news right now. And Darrington uh, Evans fumbling twice in a scrimmage does not matter. Like it, it, it matters if he keeps fumbling, but having a bad day at practice is not, I mean, guys have bad days at practice all the time. It's not that big a deal. So. Yep. All right. So anyway, continuing with your team. So, well, I would say that if he's fumbling like three days later, still, <laughs> that's like, yeah. Like stopped. I said, if, if he's stacking those days, <laughs> yeah, 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 it matters. But one, oh, one day stack, okay. Yeah. I got what you're saying. It's a little late over here on the East coast. So when you're stacking those days, all right. So I got you now. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. We're talking about your wide receivers. So Deontay Johnson, James Washington. So mm-hmm. I have two questions for you as a prospect. Who did you like more? And now as of today, who do you like more? Because right now, as of Thursday, when you hear this, uh, what, Thursday would be the 20th. As of Thursday, the 20th, Deontay Johnson's getting all the camp buzz. You know, um, coming out, I think it was probably fairly even. Although, uh, Deontay Johnson, I talked up a bunch, not knowing he was going to go to the Steelers, obviously. And that was a big pick of Daryl Drake, and he passed away right before the season started last year too. And uh, he, he actually had, um, cause he's buddies with Bruce Arians. And he said, Bruce Arians called me up and cussed me out when we took Deontay Johnson. Cause he didn't think he was on anyone else's radar watching his film. He reminded me of Antonio Brown at Toledo, like just unbelievable body control, uh, you know, uh, great hands too. So uh, route running may be a little sloppy, but it's okay when you can come back and make the catch that no one else can make when you're athletic enough. But he had crazy weird grades on him where some people had him as an undrafted free agent. Some people had him in the second round. There was like no consensus on Deontay. So I talked him up a little bit, really liked him. I was really happy Pittsburgh got him. James Washington, I, I did like him coming out. He was very productive with Rudolph at Oklahoma State. But really, it's the curl and the fly. That's what he ran at Oklahoma, right? Uh, the, the comeback, the curl, the fly, that's it. Uh, his, so his route tree wasn't very big and he hasn't made it work in Pittsburgh either. So I'm pretty much, you know, James Washington can be, uh, ignored. I feel like in, uh, most things moving forward. Can he be ignored if we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger throwing for 5,000 yards? Because then I say no, um, even if he is the number three. Well, number one, ben, there's no way Ben's throwing for 5,000 yards this year. Defense is too good. They're going to want to run the ball too much. So, and that's, you know, Benny Snell, that's why Benny Snell has value is because he's going to be grinding it out uh, late in the game when it's close to try to tick that clock down. And you mean James Conner? No, I don't. Uh, I mean, Benny Snell. Uh, James Conner is great and I love him, but the dude cannot stay on the field. I will have no shares of James Conner. And he's my favorite player in the NFL. I'll I'll take all the shares. All right. So then he's my favorite player in the NFL. He's even when he plays, he's hurt. So I love him. He, so then uh, I'll I'll give you then I'll give you the over under straight from my projections. How about that? Okay. Over under Ben Roethlisberger four thousand three hundred and ninety four yards. That's probably pretty good. Uh, but I'll take the under. <laughs> I know it's pretty good. It's my projections. They should no, be no, pretty. No, I know. I'm just saying. It. I I would say probably somewhere close there. But I'll take the under because I think. Okay, so as of today, on defense with what I have as the breakdown. Because I have like the target shares and everything like that. I have Deontay Johnson for 63 receptions, 790 yards, and five and a half touchdowns. And I have James Washington behind him at 43, 624, and four and a half. Seem pre- pretty reasonable to you? Yeah, that's reasonable. 
Yeah. All right. So I, I don't I don't like Washington though. Like I, I think if someone falls off, it, it's gonna be Claypool comes in and Washington comes out. I don't think it's Juju Juju or Deontay, obviously. So uh I think if one guy comes out because he's not performing, it's gonna be James. And Ben has been critical of Washington a couple times on the radio too. He's also, you know, talked up see Washington, but he's not critical yes. on many other players. So well, I'll say the one thing that Washington brings is Arguably, well, I'll say arguably, I think he is the best deep ball receiver on this team. So if he can just, yeah, get the confidence of Ben Roethlisberger, I, I think that he'll, it's kind of the old Mike Wallace role. So not quite yeah. to Mike Wallace's level, but I think that he could have that role. Uh, I'm not that big of a fan of Claypool, despite the fact that I am a fan of Boykin. Wow. Hey, you know, hey, hey, look, I'm not. I, I just, Claypool, I just don't see it. I, I, I wasn't I, a big fan of Claypool coming out either. I didn't really like the pick to be honest with you. Um, you know, but uh, I think you got to pay attention to rookie wide receivers in Pittsburgh because they've done so much with guys that, you know, seemingly don't have a lot. And then you draft a high-end guy like James Washington. He, he craps out. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so you know who's going to step up? He already tweeted about it. Eric Ebron. <laughs> we're, all uh, yeah. sli- we're sleeping <laughs> on Eric Ebron, putting up another double-digit touchdown season. All right, so let's go yeah. back to that quarterback that, you're wrong about, but let's talk about him anyway. Okay. <laughs> Sam Darnold. Uh, here, the Bashard Perriman already having chemistry and Chris Herndon is healthy. I'll tell you, I'm on both uh, just because of cost. I was on Bashard Perriman just because I wasn't in on Denzel Mims. So that just kind of happened by default. But I was on Chris Herndon for quite a while in the fact that he is one of my most owned players in my 20 most owned player column because what I referenced last year and you remember this, Scott, is everybody wanted him as a top 10 tight end last year. Everybody was talking about he's putting up numbers no rookie's ever put up before at tight end and all this other type blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if Stan Darnold takes a step forward, Herndon's going to be amazing. He's such a tough coverage for linebackers, and he can bully the safeties and blah, 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 blah. And he essentially misses the entire season, gets the suspension mixed in there, and all of a sudden people are like, yeah, uh, I don't want nothing you to do You know who Chris Herndon is? O.J. Howard 2.0. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad thing. I'm I'm so sick of Chris Herndon hype. I am tired of it. I'm done with it. It, Look, if he breaks out this year, I'm more than happy to be wrong. He's only 24 years old. Uh, Plenty of time to make it in the NFL for him. But I I, like show it to me first. So I'm not going to own. You can have all the shares of Chris Herndon. You saw it two years ago. Yeah, 302 yards. How many yards did he have that year? Let me hold on. You you saw Uh, like you saw 502 yards. 502 yards. Four touchdowns on 39 catches in 16 games. That's fine. That's not great, though. That's okay. As a rookie. As a rookie, it's fine. I said it's fine. It's better uh, than fine. It, it, it's, it's okay, uh, I would say. But, you know. It's better injury, than bad. The, it's good. The, Everybody uh, wants a log. Come on and get uh, your log. Let's see. How about uh, O.J. Howard? Do you not hold know on, the hold reference? On, hold on, hold on. Time out. Do you not Let, know the reference? Say the reference again. I don't think I do. I said it's better than fine. It's good. Come on and get your log. Everybody wants a log. I don't think it's I log. It's log. It's big. It's heavy. It's wood. It's, oh, what is that from? No, it's better I... than bad. It's good. What is it from? I don't know. Is this tailspin? I don't know. No. It rolls downstairs and over in pairs. Rolls over your neighbor's dog. It's I'm, great I'm for not going to know it. It fits on your back. It's log, log, log. It's red and stimpy, dude. Okay. Well, you know. Uh, that Ren and Stimpy was also 30 years ago. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I'm not caught up on that. But listen, listen, OJ Howard. OJ <laughs> Howard, 432 yards, six touchdowns his rookie year. Pretty close. It was 1991. And, and that was 2017. 
And then, uh, yeah, 1991, is that what you said for Ren and Simpy? Yeah. That, okay, I'm sorry. First, it was 29 years ago. No, no, no. That's what it Not first 30. aired. It, it well, ended when did it last air? 1996. 1996. So only 24 years ago. My yeah, bad. 24 years. You said yeah. 30. Yeah, I was so wrong. Um, <laughs> the, then uh, his next year, it's 565 yards and five touchdowns. I don't care about Ren and Stimpy. I'm not going to let uh, you finish this O.J. Howard crap. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is that everyone, including myself, said all this stuff about O.J. Howard. And now that we're ignoring him, I'm sure he'll break out this year with Tom Brady. But no. uh, I'm, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready to. Uh, Here's be the difference. Office. Chris Hernan has nothing to really deal with at tight end. OJ Howard had Cameron Brady, and now he has Rob Gronkowski. So, all right, we differ on that one. Are you on Brashard Perriman? Um, I mean, you have to like somebody on this team if you love Sam Darnold. I like Crowder, and I like Bell a lot. So, um, oh. Hold on. A lot of people hate Hold Bell, on. but you're okay. you're not you're not concerned at all with the talk that Frank Gore is going to get a lot of work. Nope. He's a thousand years old. Uh, I mean, we I, all know that, but we also know who's he playing for. Right. Well, if Adam Gates wants to keep his job, he's going to keep the best players on the field. Do you, and, <laughs> do and you Bell, think at any point of Adam Gates's career, he's legitimately had an intelligent thought process along those lines of keeping his job? Uh, you know what? Uh, maybe not. Look, I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and defend Adam Gase. What I will say is that guys will be out for their own good at some point. And look, Bell has talked about how last year uh, he wasn't in the best shape. He's coming in in better shape. Sam Darnold's healthy coming into the year. Hopefully, he doesn't get mono again. That would be real nice. But look, you know, in a down year for uh, Lev Bell, he still had over 300 touches for this team last year. Oh, so you give him 300 touches with, uh, you know, a potentially a better offense um, and a, uh, a young quarterback that's another year more experienced. I just think Bell is a fine volume play. And I know uh, Frank Gore doesn't scare me just like Jordan Scarlett doesn't scare me for CMC and uh, Chris Thompson that, doesn't that, scare yeah, me yeah. for Leonard Fournette. You have to keep your best players on the field, especially when you're losing. You know, and the Jets are going to do a lot of losing. So, well, Bell if they're keeping the their best player on the field, then Chris Thompson should be out there. Uh, <laughs> over who? In the passing game. Do not Fournette. talk to me about Chris Thompson taking stuff away from Leonard Fournette. It's the you cannot tell me that Chris Thompson is not a better pass catcher than Leonard Fournette. Maybe he's not, but he's not the running back that Leonard Fournette is, and he's not going to take away 50 catches from Leonard Fournette like everyone is predicting. And if he I takes away today that. I was going to say, if he takes away 25, and I made this reference everywhere, so I apologize for those that have heard me say this. Let's say he takes away 25 catches from, from four. No, 50 targets. 50 targets. So he's going okay. to take away half his catches. So that's, what, 38? 38. Okay. Uh, let's say um, he scores four more touchdowns than he did last year because he only scored three, right? So let, let's give you uh, your 38. That, no, that because I'm not going to take the four more touushdowns. I don't think that uh, why? happens either. Why? 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 Because he, the, the, he only had that would 1,100 get him to yards. Seven. Yeah, and he only had 1,100 yards, and he plays for the Jaguars. <laughs> uh, you, you're, you're not making any sense, Jake. Uh, Leonard I'm Fournette making 100% is fine. sense. Look, the, the fear for Leonard Fournette should not be production. It should Because he's a giant volume play. Chris Thompson isn't going to take enough to matter. I don't care what anybody says. And he'll score more touchdowns this year. Okay, the, I'm, tell, the, I'm telling you, we'll the, take that bet today. There, the, I'll even, get, I'll even give you the, the higher number. The, the, the worry about Fournette no. is injury. Not volume. 
No, I'll even give you this the lower end of the 38. I'll give you 37 and a half over under so you can take the over. You can even get the extra 37 one. and a half catches for Fournette? Yeah. Over. How much are we betting? I don't know. We'll figure that out. Could we bet something show. like uh I have to buy you a Ren and Stimpy something and you have to get me something else. I don't know. So uh, well, next time I come to your house, I don't have to sleep in the air mattress. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. You'll never get another invite. It's fine. So oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, just good. Kidding. that's good to know. Yeah. that's what You, <laughs> you have kidding. to sleep in the air mattress and I get your bed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what? I'll stay in the room and I'll bring the mattress. Up for you. That's fine. You still have to sit out there where the gate opens every 30 seconds. So, Oh Yeah. Or, or I can hear the feeder go <laughs> for all of 11 seconds, you know, <laughs> when you're a light sleeper and it goes off, what, every two hours? Yeah. No, the feeder, it goes yeah. off three times a day, not every two hours. My cats are fat. They're not that fat. Gee, come on. <laughs> I think you adjusted it. I felt like it went off twice in the middle of the night. No, no. Well, maybe for you in the middle of the night, but I'm a night owl. So it goes off at uh, uh, 10, 6 and 10. That's when it goes off. So, okay. Well, definitely the six was sleeping. That's not, that's not a question. All right. Uh, oh no, that, yeah, that's right. That's Cause dinner. I was asleep. I was headed to bed before 10 because I was, I was keeping my East coast time. That's why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it probably went off like right after you crashed. So, okay. That, that's probably so, what it was. Another backfield. Let's see if you can disagree on, on this one as well. <laughs> the, the reports so far are Justin Jackson is getting all the number twos. Joshua Kelly looks good, but, quote, has a lot to learn. Uh, what are you expecting behind Austin Eckler? Uh, I think Justin Jackson is the main guy, and then Joshua Kelly, and I'm high on Eckler, too. Uh, I, I just don't think Eckler needs that many touches. Like, he doesn't have to be a volume play, right? He's just effective. Even with Phillip Rivers gone, I feel like whatever quarterback they have, in LA is going to be better than it's is going not better is going to fit better than Philip Rivers because both Herbert and Taylor can move they can manip manipulate the pocket left and right instead of dropping back and being a statue so uh, I think they're going to be a better fit anyway so I'm high on Eckler and I'm big on Justin Jackson backing him up because I didn't like a lot of what I saw from Kelly coming out of college he's okay uh, but he got into Chip Kelly's doghouse a bunch of times. What do you got to do to get into Chip Kelly's doghouse, by the way? You got to be doing something pretty bad. And um, I don't know. He's just not very effective. But UCLA's offense as a whole wasn't effective. So I, I do. And I've missed on some running backs, too. I wasn't a big fan of Marlon Mack coming out either. And he, he has proven me wrong. I thought he was kind of a jag. I thought Jordan Howard is more of a jag. And he's been pretty good in his career, too. So I don't want to completely write off Kelly. I don't but, <laughs> I will say this before you say, before you like, like criticize yourself for those, I don't think you're necessarily wrong about either one of them because I think you can find 25 running backs who do what Jordan Howard and Marlon Mack do. I think yeah. they've just been in nice situations as well. Well, I mean, I also didn't like, uh, I didn't like their situation. Like I thought Jeremy Langford was going to beat out Jordan Howard. Right. And Langford didn't, I thought they were kind of the same and right, Langford so take that is, one is a jag. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm whiffed on some, some, everyone whiffs on some. You know, I thought Nikhil Harry was going to be pretty good. And he, they're even talking about how he can't get separation now. But I, well, I see, but that's the thing. Hello, hold on. I, I, I wasn't, I didn't even have Nikhil Harry on this list. Like, just real quick, because you watch college too. Mm -hmm. you, I never, I never thought Nikhil Harry's skill was separation anyway. My He's entire, good at fifty-fifty balls. So. Exactly. My entire argument for Nikhil Harry coming out of college, and this, so I'll get your opinion on him real quick. Yeah. I don't think he's 
dead and buried like everybody's treating him from that one report so far because what I said about him coming out of college is I see some Des Bryant. Des Bryant never separated. Des Bryant was yeah. just that good at the point of catch. And I don't, I don't like people tell me Nikhil Harry can't separate. I'm like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I think I think part of it is is you just got to build trust with your quarterback. And if he's not getting that, it means that when he's throwing, I will say, when they're throwing the ball to him, he's not catching it then either. So. I will say that, and Cam Newton's not the quarterback you want if you're not separating, because the the whole Cam Newton of when he started to perform better and have better accuracies when they got DJ Moore types and using Steve Smith more, and like he he does, like we saw what happened with Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin. Actually, so speaking of this team, real quick, another one. I like that we're doing a lot of young guys with you. Uh, so, <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> oh, seriously, I was thinking, come on, dude. <laughs> uh, so running back Damian Harris. Uh, I think you. I think we might have even talked about this in the last podcast, or I feel like I've talked about him with you before. But I'll say it again, even though before Sony Michelle last year, people were before the season started in preseason after the NFL draft. You remember this, Scott? Everybody who followed the Patriots, everybody who's paying attention remembers this. Oh my God! I'm quoting everybody's minds. Uh, oh my God! They drafted Damian Harris. What does this mean for Sony Michelle? Sony yeah. Michelle. This year is banged up. Uh, he was banged up throughout last year, but so was Damian Harris, and Damian Harris never really got a chance because off to a slow start. You're off to a slow start. It's tough to get Bill Check's trust. Now, Sonny Michelle's even more banged up. Lamar Miller, who they signed, they're st- he still might He's be questionable for weeks. Yeah, yeah, what the hell? Uh, so is this now, is this the Damian Harris breakout season who people, if they remember correctly, like – made Josh Jacobs into like, Hey, let's start giving him more touches. That being Damian Harris, like he didn't kill Josh Jacobs, but he was good enough that people started saying, let's give Harris some more touches. Well, I, I like Harris as a between the tackles runner. So what that means in new England is probably not a lot of carries, but goal line carries. So that's, that's what we want Damian Harris for uh, moving forward this year. But honestly, I think the right answer is, Draft James White as a New England running back and let someone else take whoever else. I don't. Well, right want, now, Damon Harris is basically free. Well, It'll change. So is, Michelle is going almost below uh, Damian Harris. And I he think, should. I, and I understand that. Uh, but I do think that when he's healthy, which is a big question mark, and I, I admit that, but, you know, Michelle is a much better runner than you know, anyone else that they have on the squad. So uh, I don't, I don't think I want him, you know, because uh, you have to take a guy in this, this year's going to be weird with COVID. Like how's the, your IL going to work and all that stuff. So the last thing you want to add is another headache, but I will say that before his week one status was kind of up in the air when I was doing some off season drafts, he would fall so far where I'd just be like, well, we're two rounds away from being done. I'll, I'll take him. You know, this is kind of too low. Now he's kind of a 50-50 in the, those last two rounds because even if he is healthy week one, are they going to split him and Harris? But Belichick really likes to give one of those guys a helmet only. And I think we all expect Burkhead to not make the team. But if no one else can practice, Burkhead's going to make the team. You know, well, it just might be like for depth anyway at this point. Yeah. But, uh, I think uh, maybe we can find one running back at some point we agree on because I actually think if you took them side by side, I would take Harris over Michelle if both and, 100%. And, you know what? I don't have a strong enough feeling on Michelle to argue that. Uh, uh, and, you know, Harris is more healthy than Michelle overall. So that's fine by me. But 
I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I just don't want any part of that situation. That's not James White. That's, that's, that's certainly fair. All right. So let's go to some wide receivers before we get out of this. And we'll have one tight end to wrap it up with. We're going to hit all the positions. All right. Uh, wide receiver. This wide receiver. Let's see if you can guess who he is. So far, Scott, he's quote, balling out. Do you know who we're talking about? Balling out. I mean, that could be one of a thousand wide receivers, according to themselves. I, I don't Sean know. Watson said he's going to have a season. Is it Stills? No, it's Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Oh, what's what's your opinion on Will Fuller? Oh, I I love Will Fuller. Can never stay on the field. So you know, he, he's like uh, I, I've got him in the 30s in, in my uh, PPR rankings here, and uh, you know, Will Fuller did have the biggest points scored, the most points scored in a single week in PPR last year in his three touchdown game. Yeah, uh, and you know how much that accounted for his entire season. Probably over 50% of it. <laughs> yeah. There I mean, you go. It was a bunch. How many games did he play last year? He played uh, 11, uh, 11, 670 games. yards, and he scored all three of his touchdowns were in that one game. That's it was insane. actually, I, I think didn't like realize in, that. In half point PPR, I think it was around like 44% or whatever it was. But if you take his only other single digit performance game or double digit performance, I meant to say, the 140 yards against the Colts. So that was 17 and a half, and now you're up to 60. That is basically like 58, 9% of his entire season. <laughs> well, let me uh, quote the great uh, Michael Clark Duncan for uh, Will Fuller. If ifs and buts was candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. And so, that's why I hate him. Like, yeah, he's, okay, he's never going to play more than 12. No, games. it's not even that. Let me ask you another opinion because this is what I've said, and you might disagree again. I said, if everybody is healthy, and I know it's a big question with Will Fuller, and I know it's a big question with Brandon Cooks for the concussions. But if everybody's healthy, Brandon Cooks is the better wide receiver. You know, Brandon Cooks has only missed three games, right, in like the last five years yeah, with his five concussions. It, but a lot of it was also leaving games early with the concussions last year. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but one of them was the Super Bowl, so you know he left. No, no, sir, the game. and we all and the big. I think the concern with Cooks is you saw Wes Welker towards the end of his career, and they're yeah. starting to rack up at this point. But that's the aside point. Like, if you want to stay away from Cooks, I'm not telling you don't. You know, like it's going to take longer for him to to clear if he gets another one. If right, it, it, if it's I told be you three weeks before they clear him. Here's let me phrase it this way, and this is what I'm saying when it comes to this team, Scott, is. If Brandon Cooks plays 15 games and Will Fuller plays 15 games, I'm taking Brandon Cooks 10 times out of 10. Oh, uh, I, I'm I'm closer on that. I think I would take Will Fuller. So uh, I think I'd take Will Fuller in that. Not by a ton, though, because I'm I'm a Cooks truther. I, I do like Brandon Cooks a lot. I think he's way more valuable. And, you know, I think a lot of people are, they're discounting him because they traded away Hopkins and brought in Cooks. That's not Cooks' fault. You know, uh, and I know a lot of people say he's gone through a million teams, which he has. Uh, I mean, so that might be an argument for him, too, because, you know, Bill O'Brien's going to try and prove that he was right. Yeah, I mean, very <laughs> much so. So but I mean, uh, it doesn't matter what Brandon Cooks does. He was not right. So it really doesn't. Brandon Cooks have twenty five hundred yards. I, I don't know if that trade is still uh, very great what he did. So <laughs> he might um, tell Deshaun Watson to target him 10 times a game. Exactly. Exactly. Throw it to cooks. Come on, just do it. It's triple cover coach. Just throw it to him. I, <laughs> I need a win, you know? Uh, but I, I think I would take Will Fuller on that, but not by, not by a ton, not, not like passionately enough to really, gonna, really argue. He's I could pull that, Watson from a Karen. you be like, you're not targeting cooks enough. Put an AJ McCarron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. I've, <laughs> 
<laughs> Bill O'Brien's no. really stupid. And, yeah, and I, I want to say, and I want to say that you just here. I'll answer the question for you, Scott. <laughs> you just in your mind realize that there's not a non-zero chance that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that that's exactly what happened. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the last one before we get to the tight end, Perry Campbell, as our friend Pat Mayo would Pass. say, versus Michael Pittman. So we're we're disagreeing again here. You're taking Michael Pittman? Yeah. Uh, Paris Campbell can only run out of the slot. Zach Pascal runs out of the slot. Uh, then Naheem Hines gets routes in the slot. There's not enough There's not enough for him. He's not going to play outside. Michael Pittman plays outside. He'll stay on the field more. Michael Pittman, easy. Not close. So Yeah, I, uh, I think Paris Campbell's a great talent, but there's too much going on. They want to run Hilton out of the slot, so unless – he magically starts running a ton of uh, routes outside. No, they, they like, they kind of like closed the book on that. And we're like, okay with Hilton being outside now. I, I understand, but he's going to get some uh, in the slot. And I, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, unbelievably exclusive. I'm looking it up on PFF right now. Give me one second. No, I just so, and that's where I'm going to go with it is. So let me draw a little parallel for you. in the fact of, I think that the, Phil Rivers factor comes to play and the usage of Keenan Allen kind of in that, as you know, ran that Michael Thomas big slot kind of role with Phil Rivers. And I agree with you. I don't think Paris Campbell is going to start running outside and be out. He actually there ran him. more wide. It's according to PFF 102 wide 94 slot. But um, I mean, that's yeah. not a lot last year anyway. So, right. But I see Campbell, being able to be used with Phil Rivers tendencies. And my concern for Michael Pittman is not talent. Cause I do like Michael Pittman. My concern is the rookie. And it's the fact that like we were excited. I say, wait, maybe you weren't even excited from last year, but we were excited for Paris Campbell last year. And everybody just wants to write him off as in like, this is Michael Pittman's number two. You just said it. I'm not and like, Hey, I'm not saying you're wrong, but you just said it. it's like, it's his job. That's it. The number two role is Michael Pittman's and Paris Campbell's not in yeah. the conversation. Well, I, I, I'm just not going to be high on Paris Campbell. And like I said, it's not because I don't like his talent. I think he's immensely talented. And I think if he was, you know, if they were lining up three wideouts all, all the time and uh, he was constantly in the slot, but I think, you know, the Colts use a lot of two tight end sets. And I think that's probably, it's not as necessary as it used to be. It used to be just because that's all they had. They didn't have great wideouts. It's T.O.I. Hilton and nobody for a while. And they had, you know, two good tight ends in, in Ebron and uh, Doyle. They have, like, they have like, and, like three-fourths of a good tight end at this point. And a bad offensive line, too. So it was just about keeping Luck on his feet for a little bit, too. So I think they could line up more in three wideouts. Uh, situations but even if they do like i said naheem hines gets sna uh, snaps there zach pascal gets snaps there i think uh, zach you know, pascal's done and i would love for him to do more he's from odu of course but yeah i think he's i think he's on the outside looking in even well, we didn't get a lot point. we didn't get to see a bunch of dory's fountain last year because he bled his knee early so if he looks good in camp maybe he's something i don't think he is but maybe he is I, i'm just saying that there's enough guys there to take away stuff from the slot which is already limited which is what paris campbell does best uh in this offense and i think mike you know michael Pittman is just a guy that lines up outside so he's going to be on the field for way more of the snaps than paris campbell is so i don't want to invest in a guy where i think he's going to be in on you know 35 to 40 percent of the snaps at best so so where the and the biggest reason so where i'm going to disagree mainly is the fact that i could see him being cole beasley 
and Cole okay. Beasley and Cole Beasley was just top 40 last year. So, and that's not asking a lot. And that's where it comes down to is the 60 some odd talented enough to do that. You're hundred yes. percent right on that. Yeah. And Hey, for, for full disclosure, and if anybody goes over to the site and sees where the rankings are uh, for Paris Campbell, it's not like I have them super high. Like this, this is a cloudy situation and they're back to back. I actually have Paris Campbell for 52, six, Hold on, let me scroll over because uh, you know I don't know everybody's projections off the top of my head. <laughs> I, I have for sixty-two or fifty-two, six hundred and four touchdowns. I have Michael Pittman for forty-eight, six thirty, and four touchdowns. So there you go. And I got them within be... seven spots of each other in my rankings too. So, uh, so not... you made it sound like it was like fifty-seven spots. No, it's not. No, uh, but I uh, first of all, I in all my drafts that I've done, I don't have any shares of Pittman or Campbell. So okay, uh, well that's I'm not. There. I'm not targeting them. Uh, I think, like you said, Campbell's a rookie. Difficult for those guys to get on the field. Uh, so if he does win that job, uh, which I, do, I still do think he's going to, um, and I might, I might bump him up a little bit more from where I have him right now because I Pittman do have him Campbell. somewhat low, uh, Pittman. Uh, but but uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot of breathing room here. Like I would rather take Ruggs. I'd rather take Rager if I'm taking a rookie whiteout this season so and not to well, everybody Jefferson should want to take rogues so 100 all right so last one tight end and if i had the sad trombone effect i would certainly play it because uh he's my breakout tight end for this year i have a ton of shares he's in the column uh and i was super excited about tj hawkinson and he comes out and says he's not 100 percent. so that's concerning when the player himself admits three weeks out i'm still not 100 percent and there was a lot of time. Like, yes, it was the end of the season surgery, but it was still a lot of time where we're talking eight months and he's still not 100%. Uh, what do you see going on here? So are you, I guess there's there's two questions here. Are you going to still take any shares of Hawkinson or if you never did, I mean, I guess you're just completely out altogether. So that's kind of a question within a question. I'm inceptioning this question for you. <laughs> uh, so the second part of it is if you are completely out on Hawkinson. Does this just kind of make Danny Amendola relevant again? Question mark. Uh, well, first of all, I'm not out on Hawkinson. I don't have him as a tight end one in a 12 man. He's my 13th tight end, but I, you know, watched him and fan at Iowa. These guys are both studs. And once he gets it together, I think he's going to be, you know, a pro bowl level tight end for a long time. So I, I am not agree with you. I am not out on Hawkinson at all whatsoever. This did you year, move, did you, would th- you move him down? Like I had him at eleven, and the new I, 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 you know, I basically gave him fourteen games, and it moved him down to sixteen. Let's see. I don't know what not a hundred percent means. Does that mean he's ninety-nine percent? No, no, no. That's you know, like I, I took off two games. Like I very rarely don't give players sixteen games because I feel like you're playing a dangerous game when you do that. Like a perfect example. Let's go back to your Leonard Fournette. I use him as the example all the time. Oh, injury prone, injury prone, injury prone. First two years, missing games, and then he plays a full season. So that's why I say don't play that game because you can get caught. But when Hawkinson three weeks out says he's not 100%, I don't think he's not. I don't think he would be. Tight end, Jake, one guy, Kelsey, played 16 games. Kittle played 14. Urch played 15. Andrews played 15. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. We're not playing playing that game. We're just, at least for me, I'm just protecting, I'm projecting everybody out for 16 games. I understand. Like, you you know, look at the top 20 running backs of how many of them played 16 games. That's kind of just, you know, that's how fantasy football works. Did you you move him below Chris Herndon? Who? Hawkinson? Hawkinson. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I'll, well, let's do that bet there. I'll, I'll take that bet. I'll take whatever not 100% Hawkinson is versus Chris Herndon this year. Let's do that one. So, uh, and I, and I'm not high on Hawkinson. My tight end strategy actually has been, uh, if I'm picking high, like one, two or three, I like to take Kittle or if Kelsey falls to me, which he has a couple times, not often though, but I like to take a high end tight end this season more than most other seasons. If not, I think there's actually some good value in the middle after, uh, Ertz and Andrews who are both okay values. In my opinion, I think Waller's pretty good. Uh, I'm still okay, you know, all the way down to Higby, who's my tight end 10. So, uh, you know, the other guys, when you're mixing in like these kind of questionable guys, Hurst going to a new situation in Atlanta, uh, Fant, you know, I'm all over Hurst. Yeah. Fant, uh, Gesicki, Goddard, and, and like Jonu Smith. Uh, all these guys are kind of, you know, they're all made. The funny thing was, is I was out on Gesicki because of how inefficient he was until Hearns and Wilson both opted out. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and Preston Williams. Uh, well, Preston Williams playing with no restrictions, so I guess I shouldn't say anything about No, well, that's, yeah, and that's I'm, I'm even including him. I just, yeah, I'm saying this is just, it, now it's going to a nice kind of what we always had with the Rams from a few years ago with the three wide receivers. It's, it's three targets, and Gesicki's the third. But Gesicki's value uh, spiked last year when Williams went down. When Williams went down, Gesicki spiked way up so yeah, i don't know Wilson was i don't still know playing. you're very true so i don't know how it's going to correlate this season uh but he did he also ran the most snaps out of the slot of any tight end since uh i think they said you know tony gonzalez in 2014 or something or 2012 or something oh like he was remarkably inefficient too yes yeah. despite also i don't know if you know this do you know he had zero drops uh, i didn't i didn't realize it but i'm not very surprised because he's great tight end so uh, I, I like him a lot, but um, uh, for Hawkinson, I don't know that I'm going to, you know, if I moved him down to the bottom of the tier I have him in, he would be tight end 18 for me. So I got him at 13 right now. I might dip him, uh, like I, I would, might dip him to like tight end 16, 17, somewhere in that neighborhood uh, with him said. not being 100%. So just a little bit, but so I still right think with me. high end potential for Hawkinson. So we Absolutely. got we got one. We're, we're actually agreeing on TJ Hawkins. All the way at the end of this show. <laughs> well, see, that's how you know that we're friends. You know, we argue about everything, but still. You know, Who said respect. we were friends? Well, I guess, I guess I'm wrong. Maybe we're not <laughs> <friends>. so, <laughs> Where do you have Hayden Hurst? I'm not the biggest on Hayden Hurst. It's not that I'm not sold on Atlanta's offense. But I'm just not sold on Hayden Hurst. I think oh, if he so much if he Hayden could Hurst. be really really good, why wouldn't he have done it in Baltimore? Why would Mark because, just completely no, smoke him? No, because Mark Andrews is the better tight end, and he was the better tight end. He always was the better tight end. That's that's really what well, it comes. I, Here's I, a I perfect. I'll draw I the parallel. He's a fantasy tight end, and and I think no, I think see, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Blocker. I'll, that there you go. I was just about to draw the parallel. You brought up OJ Howard earlier. The parallel to Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews is. Cameron Bray and OJ Howard. They drafted Hayden Hurst in the first round because he was a great all around tight end and one of the best blockers. But then they drafted arguably one of the best, not just in that draft because he was in that draft, one of the best receiving tight ends we've seen in the past couple of years. Whether you want to put even Hawkinson or Fant in that group, I would still say Andrews. You can differ on that. And that's a slim margin. I'm not saying he's like miles ahead of them. But when you do that and they use him the way that they did, they didn't do 
what I mean, they did do, and they did it better than what the Buccaneers did. Is OJ Howard was asked to block, and Cameron Brate was running routes. Mark Andrews running routes all over the place, and Hayden Hurst also getting dinged up a little bit. And they just said, "Screw it, you're not even getting on the field." <laughs> yeah, and he was kind of uh, an H back coming out of college too, more than a tight end. So uh, I, the potential is definitely there for Hurst. I'm never going to argue that. I mean, when you plug a I guy, say. I just don't think he's going to do what Hooper did last year. And I no, feel like I think he is expecting. I think he is over 16 games. And that's what I projected him for. Give him Hooper's share over 16 games. It's Hooper's 13-game line in 16 games? That, yeah. That's, no, no, no. Not, not his game line. His targets. Fair. His targets. Okay. I don't, I don't think he'll be quite as efficient as Hooper either. Actually, here's what I, I have him for 66, 684, and six and a half touchdowns. A lot of sixes in there. Yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, I, I, would, I would say that that's not crazy at all. I, I like that line. But I feel like people are thinking he's going to get hundred targets and catch 75 balls for 800 yards like Hooper did last year. So I'm just not, I'm not in on him at that cost. So if he falls, uh, I, I would be happy to take him, but Actually, I feel like, I mean, he doesn't need to fall right now. He's not, he's, I don't think he's still even going inside the top 10 yet. Is he? Uh, well, in, in most of the leagues that I draft, it seems like there's always a Hayden Hurst trooper. So <laughs> in may, most maybe of the I'm just, I draft and I'm so cool. I, I'm just no, saying, I'm just, I know, I know, I know I'm busting uh, your balls. We've done 12 mocks, uh, at ITL and, uh, uh, Hayden Hurst always goes and I'm like, Ugh, too high. Every single See, right now, his ADP is still tight end 14 in the 12th round. Yeah, see, that's fine. I got him at tight end 15, so whatever. You know, I'm, I'm way far off of his tight end 14. So, yeah, that's fine. That, that's right in line on value. So, I like that. Make sure you get him. Just don't take him in the seventh round. and Don't buy all the risk. But don't do it. make sure you follow Scott Bogman at Bogman Sports and his cohort is at the Welsh. And once again, Scott, tell everybody where they can find you, what they can listen to, what they can consume since you, you know, have been doing this stuff all day long. <laughs> Uh, all the stuff that I'm on. All right. So in this league pods, obviously baseball, football, college football, uh, basketball, the Welsh does prospect one all through in this league. If you're on our Patreon, we do comedy secret shows as well. Uh, those are always fun uh, to do. And then uh, for uh, I also do the black book with Joe and the Welsh uh, once a week. You can check that out on, on your podcast apps, too. And I do, I'm on Sports Grid Radio on Saturday, every Saturday. That is listed as a uh, podcast as well. And I'm also on CFB Winning Edge, another college football podcast. So, uh, you know, if that's not enough and you're not uh, sick of hearing me, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash ITL Army. So, all the stuff and things right there. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick. You know what? Screw it. Well, you know, we agreed on one thing. I don't even talk to you anymore. And, uh, <laughs> Well, thank God this day is over. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I'm going to go to bed. And I'll be back next week. Uh, seriously, do Scott and Chris, great people. Uh, Joe, not Appreciate so much because you didn't want to come on tonight. Supposedly, I had plans to do dumb kids. <laughs> Joe's got to take care of his children. What a loser. God, Idiot. Joe. Who has kids? What a who? Moron. Yeah, well, who does? Come on. <laughs> All right. I'll be back next week. Get you ready for the season coming up. Reminder, like I said, go over to the athletic and scroll to the bottom of the article, rankings, whatever you want. And uh, you can get a discount for all the entire season. It's not just fantasy. There's all, I mean, there's all the fantasy sports, but there's also every team that you're a fan of. There's people covering it, and they got you covered. And like my buddy said, I don't know why I waited this long. That is a direct quote if you ever want it. Uh, I'll talk to you guys <laughs> later. Have a good one.